Hi, my name is Joe Hancock, founder of His Vessel Ministries, and your host for Becoming His Vessel podcast. Often say in this thing called life, I may not always get it right, but my heart is to get it right. So my heart's desire is that this would be a resource for me as well as you, that we would be formed by God's Word, filled with Father God, and just poured out for His glory, truly becoming His vessel. Welcome back to today's podcast. I want you to lean in and listen closely to my heart today. I want to share something with you that's heavy on my heart that I believe that can change every home. It can change this entire nation. Because what I see is so many individuals, and particularly Christians, the church, we are waiting on the laws to change the landscape of our country. Some are waiting for the political system to change the landscape, even the justice system, our worldly justice system, to change what's happening around us today. For instance, we're waiting on Roe versus Wade to be overturned. Why? So that life once again will be honored and upheld in our nation. We rally just what happened in Texas over banning abortions in the state of Texas. We're rallying over a Mississippi case to come up through the Supreme Court and that it would overturn some of Roe versus Wade. Even here in Alabama, we have a pending case, what's called Baby Q case, waiting for that to once again give due process of the law to unborn children. You know, and I'm praying these. But you know what? All of these written laws... They're just statutory in nature, and they really are null and void unless we change the heart of the people. And what do I mean by that? We must go back to the Word where God says, circumcise the heart. There's a scripture I pray all the time. I have for years. I pray it for my family, and I truly mean it. Deuteronomy 36, where God told the Israelites, I believe that God would tell us again. Paul taught this all through his teachings to circumcise the heart and the heart of our descendants. Why? So that we will love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. Why? So that we will live. God knew the way for us to truly live here on earth. It began with circumcising the heart, cutting away those things that are ungodly. And see, when you cut away the flesh, you circumcise the heart, you fall back in love with God. You love the things that God loves. And I tell you right now in America, we're in love with ourself more than we're in love with God. We don't really love God. Why? Because as a nation, we don't know God. We don't really know the God of this Word. Well, there is a remnant that loves God. And there's a remnant that praises God. There's a remnant that's holding this nation together by a thread through their prayers and their love for God. I acknowledge that. But let's look closely. How do we know that just another law another law that will line up with the Word of God will bring us back to righteousness. It's not because we already have laws on our book and they've not returned us to God. They've not returned us back to a state or a nation or a people that acknowledges 
the supreme rule of God, a love for God, that we obey God and we worship God. Let me give you an example. Right here in Alabama, our Supreme Court has already ruled that life begins in the womb. Our Constitution in Alabama, we the voters, we amended our Constitution in 2018, where we acknowledge, we recognize, and we support the sanctity of the unborn life and that the unborn has rights. We call it the right to life. And we did this overwhelmingly in our state. And in 2019, our legislature enacted and the governor signed this into law, what's known as the Human Life Protection Act. Prohibits all abortions in our state, except those that are necessary to prevent serious health risks to the woman. But abortion still flourishes in our state today. And we're still going every week. Individuals go to down near the abortion clinic and we pray that the unborn, the life, will be saved. And in Birmingham and other abortion clinics throughout our state. And we still have to cry out for these lives, although the laws are on the books. See, it's just written. See, why do we do this? because there's not a heart change in the people. It's just words. Even the issue of vaccination right now, regardless of your opinion on that. In 2021, our governor signed into law prohibiting state entities, private businesses, saying they could not require individuals to show proof of vaccination in order to receive goods and services. And yet right now, there are individuals fighting for their right to keep their job, although this is a law. Why? We need a heart change. See, it's just words. Let me take you really back in Alabama right now. In our criminal code, it is a crime to commit adultery. It says it's an offense against the family. I mean, that is as clear as bells. But what? It's just words. See, there's no heart change. In fact, in Alabama, although the written word says it's a crime, it's accepted now. What am I saying? I'm saying we need a heart change. We don't just need a change in the laws. God's word is so clear. It is so simple and it's so relevant for today. God says, circumcise the heart. Why? So that we will live. I will tell you, our nation is dying. Many families are losing hope. Why? We need to circumcise the heart. What does that mean? That means to allow the Holy Spirit to go in and cut away the flesh. I'm speaking spiritually right now. What does the things of the flesh exemplify? Sexual sins, social sins. We've talked about this in past podcasts. All the worldly stuff. Let the Holy Spirit go in there and cut it away. Why? So once again, life comes forth. And then you have the blessings of God. And then that's when you obey God. I want to explain circumcision just a little bit here because I don't want that to just be a church word or an obscure word to you. I want it to mean something because it is so relevant. How do we circumcise the heart? What is it? See, let me just take you back to Abraham's days in the Bible. And Abraham, in Genesis, it said that Abraham believed God for his righteousness, and God gave him a new heart. And then God 
through Abraham, instructed the people that they would circumcise new babies on the eighth day. Why? To for renewed heart. It, God told Abraham to circumcise the male child on the eighth day, and it would be a sign of a covenant that God had entered into with his people. Now, this is physical circumcision. So on the eighth day, the foreskin of the male genital organ was removed. It would cut around it and remove it. Why circumcision? See, it's all about obedience. Obedience so you love God. And the circumcision pointed to what God was after. It was the obedient heart. The obedience is what would bring the blessings instead of curses coming upon the people. Now that's Old Testament. But today, circumcision is relevant to us. It's relevant spiritually to us because it points us to obedience. And see, I believe even Esther, if you read the book of Esther, I believe with everything within me. Esther was highly favored because she obeyed God. God blessed her because I believe she had a circumcised heart. Her heart was set on God. We see this the way it was manifested, how she sought God when she needed to lead the people to life over the death sentence. And so her heart was set on pleasing the king. That's what God wants us, to circumcise the heart so that our heart is set on pleasing God, love God. And so spiritual circumcision, it's set out in the New Testament. Paul talked about this continuously. He talked about it in, to the Romans in Colossians, Philippians. He said, circumcise the heart. Why? We are the circumcision. We that worship God in the spirit. We don't put any confidence in the flesh. This is what Paul said. So we have to cut away that flesh. It's that inward cutting away the things around the heart, the barriers that are created, that are inhibiting us, that are keeping us back from worshiping God. And so the Holy Spirit does that. We invite the work of the Holy Spirit to come in and do that cutting. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has 20-20 vision. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what to remove. The Holy Spirit sees what barriers are around our heart that are keeping us from worshiping God, obeying God, coming back to God, and following God's ways, implementing the heart of God in our home and, and in our communities and around our nation. And so what does it do? Once the Holy Spirit cuts away those things of the flesh, cuts away those things that we are entangled with the world and then allow the enemy to control us, then we get back on a one path. We're then once again on a single path with God, walking hand in hand with God so that we can fulfill our purpose in life. This is how the abundant life comes forth. And so we allow that Holy Spirit who has 20-20 vision to go in there and cut away. We trust that the Holy Spirit will do that work. Let me tell you the things uh, the Holy Spirit will cut away, your personal ambitions that are separate and apart from God. Self-control, giving up control and trusting God, allowing God to lead your life. You're no longer pursuing worldly acceptance. You're looking for God 
And you want to please God. You no longer have these idols of the heart, these things that are robbing your attention of God, but now your heart is set on God. You give up the hurts of the past. You forgive people. It is cut away from you. You now have a forgiving heart. It's simply cutting away those things where you now hear God's voice as God shows you the sin in your life and you confess that sin and the Holy Spirit cuts it away and now you walk in one with God. That's the simple way. But sometimes the circumcision can be painful when the Holy Spirit has to use even a sharper object, maybe circumstances, maybe people, maybe disappointments, maybe failures. Listen, if God is sovereign, then God is allowing these things for a reason. And it could be he's using those as sharp objects to circumcise your heart to get those things out of your life that God knows are barriers for you living this fulfilling, this abundant life and to get your focus back on Father God. See, when the cutting is taking place, when the Holy Spirit is circumcising, cutting away those things, it's important to keep your focus on God. See, don't keep your focus on the sharp object because then it tends to hurt more, tends to be more painful emotionally, physically, and spiritually. You can embrace it if you'll keep your focus on God while the Holy Spirit is cutting away and let the Holy Spirit do the work. And then it brings forth total freedom. Then you've got freedom again because now you love God. So how will you know if you really have a circumcised heart. Well, you honor God with your life. You begin to worship God. You obey God. When God says, do this, you do it, even if it doesn't make sense. You're looking to God for your sufficiency. You're looking to God every day to direct your path. Why? Because God has your heart. God has the right place in your heart now, and he's ruling over your heart. See, we don't need a constitutional amendment to tell us to honor God or to honor life, to honor the unborn, to not have sex outside of marriage. We don't need more laws on the books. We just need God's law written on our heart and obey it. See, when we truly have a circumcised heart, it brings God glory. Our life brings God glory. Our communities bring God glory. It welcomes, it invites the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to come in and to guide us and direct us so that we can walk in truth. And then we receive the blessings of God, not just the protection or the favor, but blessings. And then we have the freedom, freedom to live as God intended for us to live. I thought about this just recently. Circumcision will even cut away some of the traditions. And one, just the tradition, maybe, I don't know if you're there, but you may know of someone else that just shows up on Sunday just because you're supposed to, just because it's on your schedule. And yet you're not showing up with a heart for God. 
And maybe you need to cut away that just showing up with the mindset that here I am, let me go through the motions and get a new heart. What am I saying? Get a heart that you go Sunday to church to truly worship God. Why? Because you love God. You don't want to just show up, walk into the sanctuary, but you want to walk into the sanctuary ready to worship, not to be concerned about all the extra things around you, not to be concerned if you like how the choir walks into the sanctuary that morning, not to be concerned about if the lights are too bright or too low or all those things, but you are concerned about your heart. Your heart is ready. You want to worship God. You want to hear God. You want to praise God through the music, through the prayers, through the listening for the Word of God so that you, with the intent that you are going to obey the Word of God as you hear it. You're going to learn it because you want to live it. You're going to remember God. You're ready to come on Sunday and worship Him and remember as you worship all the things that God did for you the past week and remember how faithful God is and remember that you trust God and remember that what you hear from the Word of God and the Spirit of the living God that impresses upon your heart, you're going to go out and you're going to live it. You're going to be it. You're going to make God the focus of your heart. Why? Because you love God and you want to worship God. I was on a prayer call recently. We, as you know, coordinate the watchmen over the city where we have people that walk the streets every day in many cities in Alabama. And we pray. We pray specifically for the cities, for the authorities. We pray for the peace and the prosperity of our communities and the protection so that our cities, our counties, our states will love God and serve God and recognize God as the highest authority over our state. And so recently we were on a monthly prayer call and one of the watchmen prayed this prayer. And I tell you, it was an alert to my heart and it really made me stop and think. She prayed 2 Corinthians 6, 17, where as Christians, hey, we are the temple of God. We're to go out and be the temple of God, but we're to go out and be separate from the world. We're not to be yoked with the world, entangled with the world, entangled and in bondage to the enemy or entangled to the worldly systems, but we're to be separate from it. What does that mean? That we as Christians are to set some boundaries. We're to set some limitations and set our heart on God's purpose, and we can go out and be light. We can be the salt to those around us. And so by being separate, we're to, hey, have influence. What? By the way we live. How do we do that? By what's written on our heart, the law of God written on our heart that we do it, and that we're not dependent upon some statutory law or some constitutional amendment, or the U.S. Supreme Court telling us what's right or wrong. We do what is right because God's law is on our heart. And so we set those as boundaries within our life so that we are the temple that walks about in our communities, around our state, around our nation, so that people see God because we're the temple of God. And so that was such a word when she prayed that as a reminder to me, hey, Joe, 
Be separate from the world. Don't try to live like the world. Don't try to fit in with the world. Don't try to compromise with the world. No, be a light to the world. Have your boundaries. You have a purpose to live and honor God with your life. In fact, let me go back and say something right here. When you accept Jesus Christ into your heart and you become a temple, you're another stone attached to the cornerstone building the temple of God, being separate from the world to be the salt and the light. You're no longer to walk in harmony with these worldly systems, but we have a duty to oppose them. Why? They oppose God. They're humanistic bound. They are supreme in man's intellect. And we're not to recognize them and join in their operations. We're to be on the alert and be able to discern them. Why? So that we can expose it and we can rebuke it, renounce it. We don't want to conform to it. And listen, go back and listen to the previous podcast where I go into detail about this, how to recognize it so that we can be a part and not conform to it. And when we conform to it, what do we do? We empower it. We legitimize it. But no, as the temple of the living God, out here in this world, we don't conform to it, but by being the light, we do expose it. And what does the light do? It reflects the wisdom of God. See, because these worldly systems, they're following man's wisdom, man's intellect, and it is being heightened, esteemed above God. And so as people of God who walk with a circumcised heart, we are walking in the wisdom of God so that God once again is exalted over the nation and we look to God because we know He is the supreme God. He is the all-sufficient God. So with a circumcised heart, we can more clearly see how to do this. We're more empowered by the Holy Spirit to be that light. And that's how we will change the world. Not by fighting for a new law, although we need these laws, but by purposing that we keep our hearts circumcised before God so that we can be the people that will change our nation and turn it back to the heart of God. See, I believe, although I'm in line, I'm praying, I'm fighting for laws to be changed, that once again line up with the Word of God, that is certainly one area that we need to work on. But we don't need to stop there. Every one of us as Christians individually, we need to pray. God circumcise the heart, the hearts of Americans. This is what will fuel revival. Everywhere I go, I see, I hear, I'm joining in, praying for revival in this nation. But do you know how we'll get to revival? It's when we fall on that altar and we cry out, God, circumcise my heart. God, circumcise the heart of our congregation. God, circumcise the heart of the people of our city, our community. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come in and cut away that flesh. Cut away our entanglement where we've compromised with the world and we've become like the world that you can't even tell us apart from the world. God, forgive us of that and cut that away. And then revive us again that thy people 
will rejoice in you. God, do that one heart to another heart to another heart. God, circumcise my home. Cut away the things of the flesh, the entanglement of the world. So our home loves God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength so that we may live. Holy Spirit, invade us invade us welcome the holy spirit to come with that sharp object that sharp knife to cut away everything that is ungodly so that we set our hearts on god i believe here is where our focus our time our energy should be directed so i'm asking you will you join me in praying and crying out for god for you first circumcise my heart where any flesh needs to be cut away. Any worldliness needs to be cut away. And then cry out for your home. Cry out for your city. God, circumcise our hearts so that once again we come face to face with you, God, and that we can love you. We can obey you. We will worship you. We will acknowledge you and exalt you and look to you, your wisdom, no longer man's wisdom, that you rule and reign over our nation. Thank you for listening to the Becoming His Vessel podcast. If you'd like to receive more resources that would help guide you in becoming His Vessel, I invite you to visit our website at www.hisvessel.org. If you'd like to connect with me directly, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me by calling 334-356-4478. And my prayer is that you would seek to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength as you seek to become His vessel.